Thank you for listening to this sermon from Hope Church, Toronto West. It is our prayer that through these audio sermons, you are challenged and transformed by the Word of God, built up in love and faith, and drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you that these online resources are never meant to be a substitute for God's good plan for you to be present, connected, and serving in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you live in the West Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we encourage you to come check out one of our Sunday services. Now as you prepare your heart to receive God's word, we pray that His Spirit would use the sermon powerfully in your life. All right. On the screen for you, I'm going to read for you a quote by Jeffrey Johnson. He wrote this. He wrote, listen carefully, the family, as God has designed it, is, listen, the backbone of society. How is the next generation to be properly raised up to maturity? How will society function with, without responsible, disciplined, educated citizens? It is the family that God designed to raise up, discipline, and educate the preceding generations of individuals. The family is the backbone of society. That's why Christian sociologist George Gilder wrote this along the same lines, but even more pointedly on the screen. He said, the condition of marriage and family in any given society describes the condition of the entire society. If the family is troubled, then society is troubled. Encouraging and building up the God-ordained institution of marriage and family is therefore critical to society. And that's why a scholarly look at history and the history of civilizations reveals that the demise of families always leads to the demise of civilizations. Did you know that? You just have to look through the history books and you'll find that that's true. In any period in our history, in the history of the world, when the family falls apart, it's not very long before the society falls apart. One article from 2011 by a writer named Sarah Lentz that summarizes the work of university scholars wrote this. She said, with single parent families on the rise, a lower birth rate, and more people either putting off marriage or deciding not to marry at all, some wonder what impact those trends will have on society. Civilizations in the past have gone through a similar demise of the family, listen, right before collapsing. And so why is this important for us as Christians today? Well, firstly, it's important because our society, which has flourished over 150 years of flourishing because of its distinctly Christian foundations, is now a seriously faltering. Have you noticed that the society is seriously faltering? Have you taken note that our own society our Canadian civilization 
is collapsing right before our very eyes. And I'm going to argue from Scripture throughout this series that this collapse is directly correlated with the forsaking of our biblical foundation. And specifically and even strategically with the abandoning and even the repudiating of God's expressed design for marriage and the family. And so just how real and imminent is this threat of the demise of Canadian civilization. Maybe you're sitting there saying, hey, preacher, you're going a little too far right now. I mean, I think you're just crossing the line. It's really not all that bad. Well, the answer to that question is just how imminent is this threat of the demise of our Canadian civilization. The answer is seen in what's transpiring among us. And all we need to do is open our eyes. For example, today the government of Canada has quite literally raised a flag for the redefinition of the God-ordained institution of marriage. That's not hard to see. That's heralded from the leaders of our country. And if the family is the foundation of all human societies, this poses a fundamental threat to our civilization. Today, the government of Canada has quite literally raised the flag for the eradication of the God-ordained definition and design and differences between men and women. And if marriage is fundamental for the establishment of the family, as we're going to see, and families are the foundation of human societies, this poses a fundamental threat to our civilization. Today, the government of Canada has quite literally raised a flag for the complete destruction of the God-ordained makeup and purpose of the nuclear family. And if the family has a specific design according to the creator of the universe, then normalizing all other forms or iterations poses a fundamental threat to our civilization. Why is this important for us today? Well, it's important because if the family's in trouble, the society is in trouble. And you don't have to look very far to see that in Canada, the family is in big trouble. Big trouble. The second reason why this matters is because I want you to understand today, there is tremendous hope. There's tremendous hope for societies through the church of Jesus Christ. Not a blind church, not a deaf church, not a church with the Bible closed, but a church that's paying attention. There's tremendous hope for societies through the church because there's tremendous clarity about families in God's word. And who else in society should cling to God's word, obey God's word, defend God's word, support and uphold God's word, but the church. And so part of our focus in this series is to equip us simply with what God's word has to say so that we can be equipped with the right understanding so that we can understand our role as salt and light in the world. The world doesn't have to falter around us if the church can just be aware and rise up and be the salt and light we're called to be, to have a burden for what's happening. Not to just fall in line with what everyone says should be, but what does God say? And to live out 
what God says. There is hope, loved ones. And that's why today we begin a four-part series entitled, A Beautiful Design, God's Intention for the Family as the Foundation of Society. And throughout the series, we're going to just try to combat the prevailing cultural narratives and falsehoods about family through a biblical understanding of what God himself has said. So here's where we're going to get started. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Genesis chapter 2. The title of message number one in this series is this, The Family Established Through Marriage. The Family Established Through Marriage marriage. And as we go through this message, you have to understand, we're going to be combating what the world says around us in much of what we say. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. And this is what it says, all the way at the beginning. Starting from verse 18, the Bible says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to all the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The family the foundational institution of society. And the family we're going to see today is established through marriage. If you have a pen and a notepad and you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is where we're going to start. Marriage, number one, designed, ordained, and blessed by God. If there's ever a time in history, or at least in our lifetime, where we need to double down on an understanding of this truth for the clarity of our hearts and our lives, it is now. Verses 18 to 22. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Here we have the account of the very first institution ordained by God. And you, church family, you have to understand this, and you have to know this. It's the institution of marriage, and it's this institution through which everything else comes. That's why this is so important for us to understand. I want you to notice five very clear and instructive words for us in verse 18. Look at verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2. The Bible says, Then 
the Lord God said. Now, how should we understand marriage? How should we define marriage? How should we defend marriage? How should we uphold marriage? Well, in our society, it's important for the church to double down on this reality. We understand it in accord with what God has said. Now, so many of us, we get confused and we get lured into different ideologies and different ways of understanding and different ways of thinking. Five words that we must understand. Then the Lord God said. We begin, loved ones, as the church with this basic premise and we do not move away from it. But the most important and most authoritative voice in the universe is the voice of God. And it is God himself who designed, ordained, and blessed marriage for the well-being and flourishing of families and societies. You're on your university campus, or you're in your workplace, or you're on the bus, or you walk through the mall, and you read a sign, and you're thinking, what, what's so bad about that? Or what's so bad about this? Or, or why can't we all just agree to, to coexist? Well, you resolve the confu- confusion very clearly. Who is our authority? What is our authority? God is our authority, and the Word of God is our authority. Why do I point this out? I point this out because these days, and even in churches, even in this building that we sit in today, in this building that we sit in today, there is massive confusion about these things. Sometimes we look to culture, we look to social media, we look to the government, we look to our own subjective experiences for leadership. But for the Christian, it's the word of God that governs our lives. Then the Lord God said, now we need to be paying attention. Look at verse 18 in your Bibles. Then the Lord God said, what did he say? He said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Let's understand this. In the Hebrew, the phrase, it is not good, it's actually emphatic. But what God is essentially saying through his word is, it's actually very bad that the man should be alone. What does this highlight for us? It highlights the intentional and purposeful design and essential goodness of marriage as God has ordained it, as God has defined it. Look again at verse 18. The Lord goes on. He says, I will make him a helper fit for him. The word fit can be translated suitable. Very interesting. God says it's not good for Adam to be alone and states his intention to give him a helper that's fit for him. Then he creates animals and charges Adam to name them. And then he presents Adam with his wife. Interesting about the order. On the screen for you, commentator Bruce Watke wrote this. He wrote, why does God determine that it is not good for Adam to be alone and then give him animals? Should he not have given the woman first? In fact, Adam must realize, Adam must realize that it's not good to be alone rather than squandering his most precious gift on one who is unappreciative God waits until Adam is prepared to appreciate the gift 
of woman. It's amazing. Adam has to name the animals. Adam has to hang out with the animals. Adam has to realize for himself that there's none amongst these animals, even the most extraordinary of these animals that are suitable for him. Adam has to realize that. And inherent in God's good design for marriage is not only the respect and help and support of a wife to her husband, but it's the love, it's the appreciation, it's the cherishing of a wife, of a husband, of his wife. And he knows what a gift she truly is to him. Why do we emphasize that right now? Well, we emphasize that right now because this is not the message of our culture. The message of our culture to husbands is not appreciate the gift of your wife. Cherish the gift of your wife. Nourish your wife. No. To the men of society, we hear, build the man cave and escape from your wife. To the women of our society, we hear, build your independence and escape from the leadership of your husband. And all these subtle things They're building into a mindset. They're building into, out of an ideology. They're building into the hearts and minds of even Christians. Something that is contrary to God's design. Husbands are to cherish their wives. And I'm preaching to myself. See, loved ones, too many marriages are marked by a great reversal of God's design. And families get into big trouble and tremendous dysfunction of all kinds when we begin to do what's right in our own eyes concerning marriage. And what I want you to see is that if we lose God as the designer of marriage, we lose the design for marriage. And if we lose the design for marriage, we lose the foundations of the family. And if we lose the foundations of the family, we lose then the fundamental institution of society. And when we lose the foundations of the society, anything can go. Anything. Do anything. Do whatever you want. And that's where we're at in our society. Anything goes. Even in the church. Christians must Maintain a firm grasp on this. Not a foggy kind of, I kind of understand it. Christians must maintain a firm grasp on this. Marriage as God has designed it, ordained it, and blessed it is the foundation of the family. And the family is the foundation of societies. The family, the foundational institution of society established through marriage. Marriage designed, ordained, and blessed by God. Secondly, this marriage, you can write this down. Very important. Marriage. One biological man and one biological woman. I'm just pausing for a moment because you have to understand, and many of you do, that to say what I just said can get you in real trouble in our society. Marriage, as God has designed it, one biological man, one biological woman. Look at verse 21 to 23. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon, notice, the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into, notice, a woman. 
and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, notice, woman, because she was taken out of man. Amazing. Amazing. What we have here is the God-breathed, inerrant, historically reliable, incredible, and irrefutable account of the creation of two people. Two genders. Two sexes. One from the other. Created equally in the image of God. Designed to be complementary to one another. One is a man. The other is a woman. And they are each hardwired by God. The man hardwired by God to be masculine in all that he does. And the woman hardwired by God to be feminine in all that she does. It's going to stop to give space for you to think about these things. Again, if you say what I just said at your workplace, you'll probably get called into the HR department. If somebody catches wind of this sermon, I could probably get in trouble. But it's so important that we have a burden to maintain God's design to preserve God's design, not to be afraid, but to hold on to God's truth, to be a pillar and buttress of the truth, to be the church that upholds the truth in a society that hates the truth and hates God. And so right away, I want to speak clearly to you, church family, and I want to speak prophetically to our culture. There are only two genders. There are only two sexes designed by God. And marriage is the coming together of these two people, these two genders, these two sexes, one biological man and one biological woman for a lifetime. Is that clear? So on the screen, Genesis 1.27 says it so clearly. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now notice the move from the singular to the plural. Male and female, he created them. Such words are understood in our society as bigotry, closed-mindedness, hateful. To say these words in the Canadian context, in the city of Toronto, will cause you a lot of problems. But loved ones, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Only hold fast to the word of God. Only clarify in your heart and mind what God has said and be a representative of that, what God has said. On the screen for you, Alistair Begg said this. He said, in order to build a woman, God had to make man incomplete. He took something out of the man so that the man was now incomplete. He was then made complete by receiving back what was taken out of him. 
It's profound when you think about God's beautiful design for marriage and in his creation of male and female. Notice it in verses 22 to 23 again. It says, and, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. Notice, and he brought her to the man. Here we have the first wedding ceremony. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Loved ones, as I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but have tears fill my eyes as I considered the basic yet beautiful reality of God's beautiful design for men and women. And, and when you contrast that with what's being propagated in the world, God's design is so beautiful. Truth is so beautiful. God's ways are so beautiful and right. And when you emphasize and focus on God's beautiful design, when you look at what the world is propagating, you say, that's awful. That's, that's not right. That's ugly. I don't, I don't like that. But the reason so many of us have, our, our radar has, has come down a little. And we've become desensitized to what's happening around us. It's because we don't have a firm grasp on what is true. Loved ones, when you have a firm grasp on what is true, when you see just how beautiful God's ways are, you can't help but see how wrong every other iteration of it is. Marriage is beautiful. One biological man, one biological woman. Notice on the screen, Bruce Watsky went on and he said this. He said, the intimacy and harmony that should support the marriage relationship is captured perfectly with this image. In the famous words of Matthew Henry, the woman is not made out of his head to top him, not out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. Just as the rib is found at the side of the man and is attached to him, even so the good wife, the rib of her husband, stands at his side to be his helper counterpart, and her soul is bound up with his. When the world looks at the biblical design for marriage, they say bad, they say awful, they say ugly. They say that's wrong. They say submission is domination. They, they say all kinds of things. But when you just look at the Bible, you see beauty. And when you look at one biological man and one biological woman joined together in marriage, ordained, designed, and blessed by God, you see something beautiful. Don't fall into the trap of the ideologies of the world trying to shape your thinking. Marriage, beautiful. Look upon God's beautiful design. And then look upon the perversions of the world and you will find a great and irreconcilable chasm. As I said, one is perfect and beautiful and right. The other is twisted and ugly and false. And one leads to human flourishing and the flourishing of families, and the flourishing of societies and civilizations. 
and the other leads to destruction and the devastation of families and societies. The family. Foundational institution of society established through marriage, designed, ordained, and blessed by God. One biological man, one biological woman. Thirdly, a marriage, you can make a note of this, marked by leaving one authority structure and forming a new one. Marriage, marked by leaving one authority structure and forming a new one. Notice verses 24 to 25. The Bible says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And this, loved ones, is how families and societies are built to flourish according to God. By the multiplication of healthy families through marriage. Notice verse 24 again. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That is, after God brings the woman to the man in verse 23, the man leaves his home, leaves his parents, comes out from under the authority structure of his parents who raised him and prepared him for this moment, and he holds fast to his wife. That is, forming a new family unit, a new household, a new expression of God's design for the flourishing of the marriage, the family, and the society. The two are now one. This is how God designed it to be. This is how God wants it to be from the beginning. This is how families are formed, through marriage. This is how societies flourish, through families. This is what I want us to understand as we go throughout this series. This is how families are formed, according to God's word, through marriage. And this is how societies flourish through families. That's what I want you to understand. But what happens when a generation loses its way? What happens when over time a nation loses its grasp on God's design? What happens when a society begins to devalue marriage and disparage marriage and discourage marriage? What if a society even goes on to redefine what marriage is? What can be done? On Sunday, August 28, 2022, the headline in the Toronto Star read, Canada invests $100 million into historic action plan for 2SLGBTQI plus communities. $100 million. Do you have an idea of the values and the priorities of our leaders when you hear that? Regrettably, the federal government of Canada, on many occasions and over a long period of time, have made their position very clear. And by the way, I don't say this to make you angry. 
we're getting to hope. I don't say this to make you angry. I don't. But we have to be awake. I don't want us leaving here angry and shaking our fists. No, I want us leaving here filled with hope. And we're going to get there. But our government has made their position very clear. The priority is to be a progressive society. And to be a progressive society is to leave the traditional nuclear family behind. And to build into an ideology that hates marriage, hates family, hates God. You say, I haven't heard our leaders say that. Well, that's what they're saying when they're redefining marriage. That's what they're saying when they say $100 million going towards all kinds of iterations and redefinitions of what God says should be. What happens when a society goes wrong? During the protests of 2020, while the world was locked down in their homes, everyone convinced that they need to fear for their lives. Our prime minister joined a crowded group of thousands to take a knee with an organization called BLM, an organization that clearly specified the following goals in their what we believe statement. And and I found it, it was right on their statement. I think they've since taken it down. We, this is what they say, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, right on their website. Our prime minister takes the knee with these people. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. I quote, we dismantle all patriarchal practice. I quote, we foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. Or rather, we set ourselves free from the belief that all in the world are heterosexual. We set ourselves free, this organization says, from what God has designed and said is right and true. And so what happens when a society goes wrong? Or are you aware that our society has gone wrong? Rather than fostering a society where parents raise godly men to one day leave the authority of their families to hold fast to a godly wife in order to form and multiply a new and godly family unit for the well-being of our civilization, what we have now and all around the world, our governments grossly misusing their delegated authority to reach into a jurisdiction that is not theirs, the jurisdiction of the family in an ill-advised way, in a way that is completely contradictory to the will of God and the word of God such that according to their policies and mandates, and plans, everyone is essentially spurred on to be an autonomous autonomous authority unto themselves. What I'm saying this for, I want you to understand, this is not the way God has designed it. And when we do the opposite of what God designs, we quickly fall on the edge of collapse. And so, these things can never strengthen our society. In fact, It will assuredly weaken our society. It will produce death everywhere. I'm almost done here. You just need to take a good look at the roots of gender ideology. Just trying to help you be aware. 
You just need to take a good look. Just do a little study. It's not that hard. At the roots of gender ideology or this phenomenon called the trans movement. You just need to understand the motivation of the founders and the proponents of this phenomenon. And what you will find is wickedness. What you will find is gross abuse of little children. What you will find is pedophiles at the helm of it. See, people don't know this. You just need to look under the hood of organizations like Planned Parenthood and the abortion movement that are devastating the prospect of families. And you would find money as the motive and concern for women non-existent. Trying to paint a picture for you so that we can get to hope. What do we do when our society goes wrong? What can we do if our society has fallen off the edge? What's the answer? Well, the answer is in our last and final point. The foundational institution of the family is established through marriage. Marriage designed, ordained, and blessed by God. One biological man, one biological woman, marked by leaving one authority structure and forming another. Finally, the foundational institution of the family is established through marriage. Make a note of this. Marriage, a powerful picture of Christ and the church. Here's where we find hope. The answer to a decaying society and the devaluing of marriage and the subsequent erosion of the family is marriage and the family itself. Because of what marriage shows and proclaims, not marriage in and of itself, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice Ephesians 5, to 25 on the screen. Paul says this. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Notice, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Notice, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her. Listen, loved ones, the answer to all the problems of the world, the answer to all the problems in our society is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Ephesians 5, the apostle Paul draws a profound parallel. Husbands are to love their wives just like Christ loves the church, showing the world the sacrifice and love of Jesus Christ. And wives are to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ, showing the world the beauty of the church's willful yielding to Christ's loving leadership so that embedded in the very meaning of marriage is an evangelistic calling. Very important. The way the world sees the glory of Christ's love and sacrifice and forgiveness and selflessness is through husbands loving their wives like Christ loves a church. And the way the world sees the safety and refuge of submission to God is through wives who willfully yield to the loving leadership of their husbands. So, loved ones, marriage is designed to be a picture of the gospel. It's not the only picture, but it is a picture. So what is the hope of our nation? 
What is the hope of our society? What is the hope of a society that hates marriage and redefines marriage and hates the family as God has designed it? The hope is right here in the church, living out God's design. That's the hope. Salt and light. Not just married couples. Certainly the power of the marriage covenant shows the gospel, as Paul says here. But all of us, in the ways that we live, there is hope, but not in a sleepy church. Not in an unburdened church. Not in a selfish church. Not in a church that wants to be relevant and wants to say all the right things so that people love them all the time. Not in preachers and pastors who just want to toe the line and just say all the right things. No. But through the truth. The truth. So what's the answer to a decaying society? The answer is embracing the gospel and living out the gospel. And that's our job, the church, which is the family of God, made up of several families who died to self daily and lived to serve one another. So, there's hope for our culture. Do you believe that? There's hope for our culture. But we have to wake up. And we have to be about God's word and God's truth and prayer. Will we be a church that's awake and alive in prayer? I say this so often. The barometer of our spiritual health will be our prayer meetings. Holding fast to the word of God and prayer. But will we be awake so that we can shine a great light? I pray we will. Why don't you stand with me right now? The worship team is going to come and we're going to pray. This is a message that all of us have to understand. Husbands, wives, singles, children. All of us have to understand this. And all of us have to put our arms around this. Because it's God's word to us for our flourishing. Maybe you're here right now and you have been marked by much fear. Because you've been threatened in your workplace or in your school. You're afraid to speak up. Can I just say, let's be humble, loved ones. Let's be peace-loving. Let's be filled with grace. And let's hold on to God's truth, being filled with the Holy Spirit such that He will give us the words we need to speak and the moments we need to speak them. Don't leave here angry and shaking your fist. We should expect nothing else than the world decaying around us. That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That we would go into the world with truth and with grace and with the filling of the Holy Spirit that gives us the courage and the words we need in the right time. You know what? Maybe you're a single in the room. You're not married and you desire to be married. You just maybe lift up your heart or lift up your hands and say, Lord, I want your design. I want what you want. I don't want to fall in the, the trap of what the world tells me I should go for. 
If you're single here today and you desire to be married and you want to fulfill and live out God's design, maybe you want to lift up your hands or lift up your head or just say a prayer to God. God, I want all that you have for me the way you have it for me. I want that from you. God will hear us. All the marriages in the room, the husbands and wives, maybe you're here and you're in a broken marriage, a marriage that's just faltering and failing. God loves you. Do you understand? God loves you. His eyes are upon you. He sees you. You can lift up your heart to him in all your brokenness and, and the marriage that's not moving the way it should according to God's design. You say, Lord, I give myself to you. Help me. Help our marriage. Husbands and wives, lift up your hearts to God. Lord, I want to be a husband that you've called me to be according to your design. Wives, I want to be the wife you've called me to be according to your design. Families together. Families together, husbands, wives, children. We want to be the family that you've called us to be so that we can spread salt and light in the world. Would you pray with me, loved ones? God would make us a church filled with these kinds of families that changes a city and even the world. Father, we pray that that would be so. Thank you for the hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we can't do this alone, that we need the church family. Thank you that we have the church family. Protect us, Lord, in this nation. Protect us. Help us to stand as a pillar and buttress of the truth, upholding your word. Give us courage. Give us confidence in your word to do the work that only your word can do. Help us to be humble and gentle and patient and yet grounded in truth. Let it be so. And I pray for our church. Protect us from faltering and failing into the different ideologies that come not from God. We need you. We need your help. Help us, we pray. Jesus' name. If you agree, church family, you can lift up your voice and say amen. Amen. Let's sing now. For more resources and information about Hope Church Toronto West, please visit hopechurchtw.ca.